Hello, and welcome to the Soulful Sage podcast. I am your host, Jess Palmer, a Reiki master, intuitive healer, and essential oil alchemist. This is an unedited, raw, holistic lifestyle podcast that will explore the many depths of the mind, body, and spirit. <sighs> I am happy to be here and recording. Hello, shalom, namaste, welcome, satnam. Yeah, it's been a little bit since the last episode. I've definitely come down with the seasonal cold, amongst other things. So if you hear me sniffling, trying to breathe, <laughs> uh, my apologies. So I hope that you all are having a great day, a great week, a great month. I know that December can be so stressful. Believe me, I get it. Especially because it's like a constant to-do list, a constant schedule, right? Like I feel like every weekend is a party, every weekend is shopping, every weekend is whatever the fuck, honestly. Like December, bye. I'm ready for 2019 and I know that a lot of people are like, oh, but you should be living in the present and be thankful for the present. And like, I am, don't get me wrong, I am living my best life right now in this moment regardless of whatever trials and tribulations I'm facing or whatever you're facing, you know, at the end of the day, we're alive, we're here, we're breathing, we are, you know, able to sleep, we're able to get up in the morning, we're able to eat and drink and have shelter. You're able to listen to this podcast right now through some sort of technology, that's a blessing. You know, there are so many things to be grateful for, so many things. Uh, I'm grateful for you know, right now, I'm thankful for my cozy little blanket. I'm thankful for my new MacBook Air that I'm recording this on right now. I'm so thankful for that. I'm grateful for um, my Dandy Blend. I don't know if any of you guys know what like the Dandy Blend is. It basically is dandelion root, chicory root, beetroot, I think, and some other crap. Well, good crap, not like bad crap. And it's like a really good coffee replacement. It's caffeine free. It helps with withdrawal. So if you're trying to wean off of caffeine or coffee, uh, I'm a big coffee lover. I've, you know, tried the Four Sigmatic Mushroom Adaptogenic Coffee, which I really like, but it's also very expensive. The Dandy Blend for like a whole bag is super cheap on Amazon. And dandelion root is so good for you. It's good for detoxifying the liver and just getting the toxins out of your body. So like not only are you replacing coffee which is acidic, with this dandy blend that isn't acidic, it's good for you, it does taste like coffee, it just, you, you gotta have, like, an open mind to it, because the dandy blend is just an earthy, kind of delicious, um, coffee taste, but it's cool because you can sort of dose it out in a way that you could either have it as a tea, or, you know, you add more to have, like, a coffee taste. I do one heaping tablespoon in, like, eight ounces of hot water, and it does taste like coffee. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there because I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you do, excuse me, when you don't drink coffee? And I'm like, dandy blend all the way. You know, Four Sigmatic is great. If you ever have wanted to try their mushroom coffee, I highly recommend. I believe the one I like is the one with cordyceps and chaga. It's the black and red package and it's super good. But the problem also is with Four Sigmatic is a lot of their drinks come in like aluminum packets which isn't the most sustainable right like you can't 
recycle those, you know, so like it's like a catch-22, but anywho. Hello and welcome to the Soulful Sage Podcast again. My name is Jess Palmer. This is episode two of the Soulful Sage Podcast, which I just want to say again, or if I haven't said it already, thank you. Thank you, thank you for all the love and support on my first episode. I was hella nervous. I still am. I mean, this is all an adjustment, right? Like, I create, you know, on Instagram, in my uh, women's group on Facebook, I do a lot of live videos there. Like, I'm not afraid to, like, be in front of a camera. I just think it's kind of weird with a podcast because it's just me in my room with, like, my headphones in and just, like, talking. But at the same time, like, once I get going, like, I feel very, very comfortable being here. And I told a lot of my friends and loved ones that I just feel so passionate like doing this podcast so I'm really excited to be here and today's episode is gonna I'm just gonna throw a trigger warning in here um this episode will discuss you know self-harm um you know eating disorders body dysmorphia uh, abandonment like codependency just like some heavy hitters in a sense so I just wanted to throw that out there now in case that's something that will really bother you or trigger you I don't want to trigger you this is a safe space for everybody but these were questions about my journey that I've received and I really can't tell you my story without getting kind of deep so if this is not something for you that is totally okay like I love you exactly where you are so again it's really okay if this is too much for you so I just thought I'd put that in now because I know last episode I ended up talking about um, binge eating disorder and I didn't put a trigger warning quite before so I do my best now to sort of plan out the podcast I even planned out last week's but this week I really made a point to like make a note to really put that trigger warning in there in the beginning. So yes, we will be discussing some things that could be triggering. So just have an open mind if you are staying. This is my story. I did a Q&A on Instagram well, maybe a week or so ago at Scorpio and Sage. That's my brand name, Scorpio and Sage. So if you follow me at Scorpio and Sage on Instagram, you can ask me, you know, a question in the next round of Q&A that I throw up there on the story you know what I mean like if you go into IG and you go in the stories like that's where I had the little question box for this Q&A so I got a lot of questions about my journey how I got started you know how I became to know I was an intuitive um, a healer all that excuse me I may cough from time to time uh, and I'm definitely going to be sipping on my dandy blunt so I'm just going to take a quick little sip again this is an unedited raw podcast really because I don't know how to edit them so if you hear me slurping and stuff I'm sorry but you know what this is life we all drink from cups you know (laughs) oh it's so good man you really gotta try that dandy blend okay so again I got a lot of questions about my story you know I'm 25 years old I really started my spiritual journey in 2013 But it really wasn't probably until like 2014, 2015 that things really took off for me. But my story doesn't begin there, you know. I have come to learn that I have lived many, many lifetimes. And it's it's difficult because I feel like a lot of spiritual people in the community are like, I've lived so many lives and 
I'm a past life guru and I know this lifetime and this lifetime and and it's weird because I almost feel like it's like hard to explain like it's almost trendy to be spiritual like it's almost trendy to be like an older soul and and I hope you know that's not what I'm trying to do here I'm just telling you this is what my soul knows you know this is the knowledge that my inner guide and wisdom has given to me so if at any point you think I'm being I don't know exaggerate exaggerative if that's a word exaggerating over the top and if you just don't vibe with me that's totally fine like I, I'm just here being me, man, you know, and if you don't resonate with my message, that's totally okay. Like you can find another person, another podcast whose message you will resonate with. So again, if you find this isn't for you and you click out, like, don't feel bad. I'm not going to feel bad, you know, so I'm just going to stop with the disclaimers and just go back into it. So yes, I have lived many lives. I can remember lifetimes in Atlantis as a Native American medicine woman, as um, a business tycoon who was addicted to drugs. You know, I have had many past life regressions and I do know that I have learned many lessons that I've been through a lot of hardship that, you know, everything happens in each lifetime, even in this one for a reason. You know, the trials and tribulations that we face is for a reason, so... Um, I'll start with this lifetime. You know, I was born October 24th, 1993. Uh, My full name is Jessica Margaret Palmer. (laughs) Like I said, I'm 25 years old. I'm from Northern Massachusetts in the United States. And my life has been an interesting progression. You know, I can remember as far back as, you know, being eight years old in the second grade I was ostracized by, you know, my group of friends at the time. Like, I was friends with a group of girls, and we were very tight. Like, we'd go to recess and lunch, and I know it seems so silly now as an adult, but when you're a kid, that's, like, your whole life, you know? Like, your friends, your school, how you're accepted, how you're seen. Like, that is so important, and, you know, being eight years old, having this solid group of friends then turn on you and pick on you in the schoolyard... Um, I really went through my first wave of depression and suicidal thoughts, even at eight years old. Uh, I was, I remember sitting in like the playground just outside, sitting down like with my knees to my chest and like holding myself. I'm like, I just want this to stop. I just want them to leave me alone. Like, I just want to be able to express myself. You know, I just want to be able to be myself because I was ostracized because the new girl that came into our group of friends, you know, she was quote unquote cooler than me and she thought I was weird because I was sensitive. So they ostracized me and I truly remember that being the first time where I felt very, very alone and very isolated and not enough, not worthy because I'm like, I'm just a loving person. Like I'm just a loving friend who wants to love you. And be there for you, but I'm also going to stick up for the underdog that you're picking on. And I think that's kind of what was happening, was that some of these girls were being bullies to innocent people. And I would stick up for these people, and then I became a target. And that really was sort of the story of my life for a while. You know, even in middle school when I was bullied severely, I would still stick up for my friends that were being bullied. I would still stick up for people that weren't sticking up for themselves, but I never got that in return. Like, I definitely learned 
self-reliance and resilience at a very young age. So at eight years old, we lived in a different town and I was being bullied by this group. And I started to see, you know, my school counselor and to talk about my feelings and all of that. So I started therapy very early on, even if it was just intervened by the school, which is really a good thing because it taught me how to sort of express myself at an early age but I still definitely had a difficult time doing so because I felt that each time I did I wasn't heard and I wasn't validated and people weren't listening to me and that's a trend like even now I'm like you're not listening to me like no you're not listening to me like in fights and stuff like I'll get angry in a sense and and say you're not listening to me because I don't know it's it's hard for me to believe that people are listening to me even now because I'm like I look back at that time when I was just being kind-hearted and people still weren't listening to me. So it's interesting to see how trends sort of form from how you're treated as a child to your relationships and friendships as an adult, right? Everything comes in full circle. So we moved to where we live now in my hometown. And, you know, things were okay for a few years. I went through puberty very early. I got my first period at 10 years old. Um... You know, so mind you, I'm at this age, I'm like four, nine, maybe. I still have my little baby fat, and now I'm going through puberty at the age of 10. So it's like I started to become bullied primarily for my body hair, for my weight, um, for my frizzy hair. So it's like not only was I being bullied, because I, I did continue to get bullied in this new town for being sensitive and for being that like aggressive protector over people who weren't protecting themselves. But as I was doing that, I was neglecting like my own boundaries and my own protection. So what was I trying to be like a martyr or something? I don't know. But I just care so much about people, right? I just love people so much and I want people to feel safe that I wasn't making my own safety a priority. So looking back now, it's so sad to think of my sweet little self, you know, because even then I knew I was sensitive I knew I was emotional right like I'm an empath and I just knew even then like I had this clear cognizance just knowing this inner knowing that I was different and that I was a healer even then looking back like I knew then that I was meant to just love people like I am meant to just spread love in whatever form that is whether it's podcasts videos Instagram, my Etsy store, what have you, like my intention in this life is to spread love and awareness, right? And it's so sad and sweet to see that that's the journey and purpose that I was trying to fulfill even at like eight, nine, ten years old, you know? So yeah, I was bullied really bad, especially for my appearance. Like that, I'll never get over that because, you know, at ten years old, I was bullied primarily for my body hair. And then when I hit middle school, which we all know is hell, regardless of what and who you are. Middle school is just hard. Adolescence is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, I was bullied really bad for my body hair, in which I started to shave like my whole body at like 13 years old. Uh, and then, you know, for my weight, especially when I was 13, I was bullied really bad for my weight. And it's crazy to think that during that time, I wasn't even heavy, you know, like, I was just like a little chunky, a little chubby. I don't know, man. It's just people's perceptions are so weird. And it's crazy to think how people's perceptions are projected 
onto you and onto us as people and it really can affect how you see yourself and I think that's where my body dysmorphia began Um, my binge eating began you know when I was 13 that's when I first went on my first diet and my diet quote unquote you know consisted of an apple for breakfast a salad for lunch or no lunch and then whatever my mom made for dinner and I would do a hundred crunches every night before I went to sleep and I would drink like 32 ounces of water before bed and you know some days I'd eat more some days I'd eat less and you know I did lose a little bit of weight but it was way more psychological battle if I'm being honest and yeah I don't know and then I started to get attention because I was losing a little bit of weight and then that need for attention and validation really started to surface because now moving from like 13 to 14 now I'm an eighth grader I'm more developed I've lost some weight I'm my body's sort of trying to figure out its proportion sizes because again you have to remember that I went through puberty so early that my body was like still a baby but like trying to be a woman and I was just like a blob and I know that's not the most body positive thing to say but if I'm just being honest that's how I felt like I was a beautiful little girl who just was this bright shining light and it's difficult because during that time I thought so low of myself you know and I know a lot of us do especially as adolescents right because adolescence is a time where we just want to be accepted and I just I was not accepted at all and it was just so annoying back then to see I'm like okay well now I'm accepted for my body but they're not accepting me for my personality what's wrong with me why am I not enough so that time in my life really set the stage for like abandonment issues which would lead me to like codependency and like need for validation and attention and those are things that I have struggled with ever since like my whole life you know is establishing boundaries and working on self-love and so yeah I went from being really bullied and you know binge eating that sort of started in that time as well as my body dysmorphia and that would carry on for years you know you know through high school I was constantly dieting I was constantly trying to lose weight I just was so focused on what people thought of me was I enough you know did the guy at school like me like did my boyfriend at the time love me enough you know was I worthy and it's sad because in high school I started you know being sexually active because I just wanted to be loved I just wanted to be seen and accepted and I just wanted people to see my worth and to see what I had to offer that I was neglecting seeing it myself so in high school I was an okay student that was all fine and good high school in and of itself as like an overview was was really okay it was just a lot of my own inner battles and demons with my body and with you know my self-esteem my self-worth like I remember nights where I would lay in bed sobbing and I'm like why am I not enough like why am I not lovable and oh man like thinking about that time is so painful for me because like now I'm like bye bitch I'm lovable as fuck see you like I know now how much love I am worth and how much divinity lives inside of me but you have to remember I wasn't always this way 
I didn't just like come out of the womb like with my freaking prayer hands at heart center saying namaste, you know, like I, this has been a journey for me, believe me. And mind you, during this time, my psychic gifts were very, very, very strong and they were coming out very prominently and I was terrified. I was raised Catholic, so, you know, anything to do with, not the occult, but esoteric stuff, you know, like cards or intuition even, psychic abilities, like that was all quote-unquote the devil's work you know and I was so afraid of the bad things if you will that I totally blocked myself out like I was very intuitive and I knew a lot of things I was very clear cognizant meaning like an inner knowing I always just knew things but I was always afraid to act on them because I was already weird in my in my opinion because at that point I wasn't being accepted for who I was that I already felt different So instead of embracing myself, I started to try to put myself into these little boxes, these different boxes, a box of being the tomboy, a box of being the girl that everybody wanted to get with, or a box of whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was just like this box that I tried to put myself in to be accepted and to be loved that I just didn't let myself be my cool, expansive, dynamic, fun intuitive self you know like because of all the things I've been through I've honestly learned to take life too seriously that now at 25 I know in 2019 one of my big things is to have more fun and to not take life so seriously and to not be so attached and to just live and be and freely flow yeah I just I grew up in like a fight-or-flight sort of state for so long that taking life seriously is sort of all I've known for a long time. So now, within the last year or so, I've really started to reprogram, right? Reprogram my thoughts, my belief systems, how I see myself. Granted, I've been on a body positive journey since like 2015, 2014 is when I really started to sort of get a handle on my body. But, you know, after high school, there was college and in college, I, I slept around a lot, to be honest. I did a lot of self-sabotaging things. I abused Adderall for a while. I had a really bad drinking problem for a bit. For someone so young, you know, 18 or 19, you know, drinking every night, blacking out, uh, smoking like a pack of butts a day, just all of that. Doing Adderall in the morning to de- detox. I'm, qu- I'm doing air quotes right now because for people who take Adderall, who aren't supposed to take Adderall, it acts as a stimulant. And for me, TMI, it really would flush me out, like physically, like my bowels and stuff would really flush me out. So I would use Adderall as a sense to punish my body for doing all the damage I did the night before. So now at like 20, 19 or 20, probably like 19, I've lost a ton of weight. I'm scary skinny, my skin is pale, I'm like all gaunt, like my cheeks are sunken in, my hair is like falling out, and you know, during this time, I just felt very alone and out of control, so I started to try to ask myself, you know, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, what what is my purpose here? To just abuse Adderall, drink every night, and hang out with friends that aren't good for me? Like, what, what am I doing? And... I started to spend more time alone, which is interesting because during that time, I just wanted 
to be loved and accepted so I would like throw myself at anybody and I don't mean to say that in a uh, I don't know like a self-pity kind of way but it's just it, it was my reality unfortunately I would settle for people who treated me like shit just to have somebody whereas now <laughs> I'm like a bull in a china shop like if you disrespect me I'm like bitch like you ain't ever gonna disrespect me ever again like I freak and I'm really happy I freak if I'm being honest because for so long I was so meek and quiet and I'd be like okay you can blow me off last minute to hang out with this girl or you can blow me off last minute to go hang out with your friends. You can just not call me, but expect me to come over at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, what have you. Like, I don't put up with bullshit anymore, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, I have a backbone now. And I'm really proud of myself for that transformation, right? Because if I was 25 and still letting people walk all over me, I don't even want to think of what my life would be like or how unfulfilled I would feel unfulfilled I would feel but yeah so during that time frame I sort of stopped what I was doing and I started to spend more time alone but the problem was is I just isolated myself so I became like very heavily depressed Uh, my sexuality at this point was very sort of I don't know it was weird it just out of nowhere it started to come up for me I really started to realize that I was attracted to girls that I had always been attracted to girls and that I found them so beautiful and that I, I kind of wanted to maybe try dating women. So I, you know, was talking to a really close friend who is bisexual and I just was like, can we talk about it? And if she's listening to this, hi, I love you. You know who you are. We went on a, a road trip together to check out this college that I wanted to go to. And it was like a two and a half hour drive there and back. Back was like even like four hours because all the traffic we were in. But we had such a good time because we were just talking about life. And I remember just opening up and being like, dude, I think I might be bi or I don't know because I find women really attractive, but I've never been with a woman. And she really helped me feel comfortable being like okay with the uncertainty. You know what I mean? And so I started dating women And then I ended up in a serious relationship with an amazing woman for almost a year. And I'm not going to lie, during that time, I fell into a codependent relationship with her because it was the first time in my whole relationship life that I felt loved and accepted for exactly who I was. But at the same time, it was more of like a security thing. Like I was like, oh my God, you can't leave. Because if you leave, I'm not going to be accepted anymore. And it just became a very toxic thing. And I didn't know at the time that I had anxiety. I was having panic attacks left and right and projecting that anxiety onto my partner. And I just didn't know what was going on. But unfortunately, that caused me to be the toxic and manipulative person in our relationship. And it really... I don't know, man. It really took me for a ride because... At the end of it all, when our relationship was over and I sat down and looked at, looked at myself and the relationship and her and everything, I was like, wow, I was a shitbag. And it took a lot of self-realization and I really feel like this was the beginning of my self-awareness journey in 2014 in Italy at the age of 20. You know, I had broken up with my girlfriend while I was in Italy and I remember sitting there 
and looking out the beautiful like Tuscan landscape. I remember I was on a field trip and I just looked out and I was like, wow, I'm a shitbag. You know, I've literally manipulated this person because I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't know I had anxiety. So I projected it all onto her. And it was weird because I just, I just wasn't self-aware, you know, and I remember coming back from that trip and sitting down with her maybe a month or so later and I was like, I'm really sorry for all the things I put you through and I realize now and have that self-awareness why I was doing it, where it was coming from and I want you to know that I appreciate you and I value you and you did everything you could to love and support me and I'm just sorry that I'm not in a place of receiving that right now. And so really and truly 2014, was the beginning of my self-awareness journey. Like in 2013, I started doing yoga and studying Buddhism, but for some reason, it all just didn't click until I was in Italy. And I've been interviewed on different podcasts before where I've talked about my trip in, like to Italy, and maybe I'll do a separate episode for that because that whole trip in and of itself was my spiritual awakening. And I guess like briefly, I can go over that sort of part of it. You know, I'd never been away from home, I come from a home where my parents really kind of coddled me in a way and it was my first time being independent. I had my own apartment there, you know, I had to do my own food shopping. I would literally go about the town by myself in Florence, Italy, walking the streets, going to stores, getting things to make for dinner, doing my laundry, hanging it out to dry. I just felt so at home. I definitely have had a past life there and I know I'm going to live there at some point in my life. Like I know it in my soul, you know, I just love Florence. And when I was there, I just felt so awakened, like something in that ancient place stirred something up inside of me that when I came home, I was different. I was awoken. I was filled. Like I'd never felt gratitude or acceptance in such a way like I've never felt accepted by a land you know what I mean like I was just in this physical place feeling as though the energy of Italy was just wrapping me in a hug saying like you're home like you're you're totally safe here and you're welcome to be exactly who you are so like yeah that was an amazing trip and you know when I came back from that that's when it all sort of started like I I went back to therapy and when I went back to therapy, that's who introduced me to tarot cards as my therapist at the time, which I just think is amazing. I remember being at a session. She's like, how do you feel about tarot? And the minute she said it, I freaked out because being raised Catholic, right? I was like, well, aren't like evil spirits like in the cards? And she just laughs and she's like, no, honey, like it's all about your intuition. Like your intuition is what reads the cards. And I was like, OK, whatever. So she gave me a deck. And I start shuffling it and I will never, ever forget the first time I ever shuffled this, like a tarot deck period. I felt this warmth like wash over me. I felt like jittery. I felt like as if I had like seven cups of coffee, right? And I just felt on fire. I was like, yes, like yes, yes, yes. So probably, you know, six months later during this time, I've read for myself, friends, family, people on Instagram. I was doing like $10 readings um, for like a written like email reading or message reading in Instagram or whatever that I decided to start my own brand called Mystic Managed. Sort of a spinoff off of um, like Harry Potter's Mischief Managed, you know, with the Marauder's Map. So I did Mystic Managed 
that was for at least a year and a half where I was offering, excuse me, professional tarot services. In 2017, I became um, a Reiki master. I went through all of the achievements, Reiki 1, 2, and Master, all in 2017. And Mystic Manage really was my first sort of foundation of, I know that this is where it starts, right? Like, I knew that I was a spiritual healer. I do see myself as a teacher in a way because I find so much joy and passion in educating others on how to connect more to their inner wisdom, more to the love and divinity within themselves. And I just knew that this was the beginning, right? So Mystic Manage was doing its thing. It kind of had its highs and lows because I wasn't believing in myself. I was like, well, I'm not worthy of abundance. I'm not worthy of a successful business. So I'm just going to kind of see how it goes. And I still, in 2017, had a lot of toxic people that needed to be cut out. You know, there's still a lot of toxicity and self-doubt and self-hate that still need to be worked through. So it's like, you know, during... I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but from like 2015 to 2016, I worked on my body dysmorphia and I worked on how I saw myself and I really healed my relationship with food and my body, but I didn't heal the inner parts, right? Like I I healed the physical, but I didn't heal how I feel about myself as a person. So like, if you remember when I was talking about when I was bullied, I was bullied primarily for my physical appearance and, and also for being different. So it's like I healed the part of being physically bullied, but I didn't heal the part of being like emotionally bullied, if you will. And so 2017 to now has been that journey of loving the shadow parts, loving the parts that people have just not taken the time to understand, you know, loving the parts of maybe the parts of me people just don't vibe with and that's okay. Learning that those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. I'm going to take a sip of my dandy blend if you don't mind because my throat is hella dry. Ah, so good. So yeah, that's something I've been working on now is loving myself for exactly who I am. And so Mystic Managed in 2018 became Scorpio and Sage, right? A lot of you guys know me from Scorpio and Sage. It's my baby, it's my brand, it's my life. Scorpio and Sage, it's not just like a business, it's it's me. It's in my blood, you know. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio sun, Aquarius moon, and Sagittarius rising. So that's my little brief chart history. So I really resonate with the Scorpion energy, I really do. I mean, me and Drizzy have the same birthday, my prince, you know, like us Scorpios guys stick together and... I just am so happy and proud and in love with my brand because it just is me. So Scorpio and Sage started with the tarot readings and the Reiki, distant Reiki healings, and I just didn't feel like that was right for me. And during this time, I had started to really dabble more with essential oils. You know, in 2013, at my first yoga class, the teacher had used lavender, and that was kind of like my go-to for a long time. I was kind of afraid to branch out because I was like, I don't really know any other oils. And towards the end of 2017, I started to dabble with tea tree and lemongrass a little bit more for skin issues and for pain. Uh, But the beginning of 2018 is when I really, really 
really expanded. I just sort of like blew up with oils, like, and not so much buying them. Like, yes, I have a very large collection now, but that collection sort of started at the end of 2017, which so in the past year, my oil collection has gone from like 15 oils to like 70 plus. But that's also because like I run a business that requires me to blend a lot of oils. But it's just so funny to see how in a year things can really change. So Scorpio and Sage was doing its tarot and Reiki sort of business thing. And the essential oils were totally on the side. I was making blends for people for free to like try it out. I was making face scrubs, face masks, like just anything holistic and natural beauty I could try, I was doing it. And not to sell and to make a dollar or to do anything, but just to have fun. Just to see how I creatively flow with something like plant medicine. Because essential oils come from plants, which are medicine. So plant medicine became such a important factor in my life you know what I mean so probably in the spring of 2018 is when my essential oils really kind of spoke to me I remember I was blending one day and I sort of stopped myself and I looked at the glass roller bottle I looked at my case of oils and I'm like this this is what I'm meant to be doing right like this is what I'm supposed to be doing these are the services I should be offering people resonate with this like get with it it was like this little voice was like get the fuck to work like what the hell are you waiting for so Scorpio and Sage did its thing I started planning for my Etsy store I started selling roller bottles sort of through Instagram on the side with friends with family I started talking to people I started asking them what they like for oils I started asking them what their preferences were what resonated with them I started networking I started to just branch out and just have fun with it. Like, instead of being like, oh, I'm not worthy of a successful business, I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to, like, take that out of my mind and just simply have fun and resonate with that frequency. And not only have fun, but be grateful for the opportunity to have fun. And because I was practicing gratitude, the abundance just started coming in, man. You know, like, I opened my store officially on my birthday which was on the full moon, October 24th, and it just exploded. It totally exploded, and I remember sitting on my floor crying, just like, thank you, universe. Like, thank you so much for this opportunity to express myself, to extend this love of oils to others, and to let me do what I'm passionate about, you know? And I feel like oils knowing that they are part of my passion because I'm a multi-passionate being and for a long time I hated that about myself. I hated that I couldn't just stick to one thing, that I couldn't just be a doctor or be a nurse or be a mechanic or be an artist or what have you. Instead, I now love and accept that I'm a multi-passionate person, that I love oils, I love cards, I love crystals, I love books, I love nature walks, I love Netflix, I love this, I love that, everything. It is okay to be who you are. And my journey thus far, that's what it's taught me, right? This is what my journey has been about to see the love and divinity within myself for exactly who I am. And that is my purpose here. And so today, on December 11th, 2018, I am sitting here recording this podcast telling you my story, 
because I feel like sometimes people look at me and they're like, wow, look at how aware she is. She's probably never felt like this or this in her life. Like I have, I've been in the depths of depressive hell. Okay. Like I've had my own personal struggles and you know, this is just a quick life story. This isn't even the deep, deep parts. You know what I mean? Like this I have been through some shit and 2018 was a really hard year. I relapsed with my self-harm because I was starting again to be triggered by the things that I used to get bullied for, for being too sensitive, being too emotional, being too just quote unquote too much that I just was like, I am not worthy. And this time, this year, relapsing and self-harm it made me kind of take a step back because I'm like, I'm very self-aware now. Like when I used to self-harm in high school or even in college, I wasn't really aware. Now I'm aware. I know that I am worthy. I know that I am lovable. I know that the right people in my life won't mind who I am and they won't think I'm too much. That what is this coming up for me? And although... I did feel very ashamed of my relapse and I felt very angry and upset and depressed about it. I also took a moment to have gratitude because again, it brought me back to that self-awareness. Like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And why am I treating my beautiful body this way? What is really going on? So when that happened over like the spring, summertime, I got myself back into therapy My therapist is a Reiki master and and a tarot reader. So like she's very spiritual and very self-aware. And quite honestly, I'm thankful for that hard time. Really, like even though it was only six, seven months ago, I'm really grateful for it because I feel so different. I feel like I was, you know, a caterpillar in a cocoon and now I've emerged as a butterfly. And I feel so much love and gratitude for those difficult times because yes, they're hard. You know, if you're going through a difficult time right now, you know that feeling where you just feel like you're never going to win, that it's always going to be something else, that it's just going to be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But you know what? You do get over it. You do overcome these rough patches. And when you come out on the other side and everything seems more vibrant and bright and loving, you have so much gratitude for all of the shit you've been through, honestly, honestly. I know that this was kind of a lot in this second episode, pretty long for a solo one, and I could talk for for hours on, not about myself and my journey, but more so my realizations, because I feel that my story really resonates with a lot of you, and I can only say thank you to those who've reached out to me, who've extended me love and friendship. I can never, ever say thank you enough to everybody in my life who has loved me and supported me and has been there for me. And I just hope that this resonated with you and gives you hope that if you're in a difficult spot or if you're like me, who is self-aware and is on their own spiritual journey, but has maybe fallen back into self-sabotaging habits, whether it's binge eating, self-harm, what have you, codependent relationships, it's okay you're okay. You really are. And it's okay. The number one piece of advice I can give you right now is to extend love and compassion to yourself, to be there for yourself, 
and to just hold space for yourself. You know, if you need to get help, it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. You didn't fail. You just took a step backwards, you know, and that's okay. You're okay. So I love you guys a lot. And I just like can't say thank you enough for holding space for me today during this episode. You know, if you have any other questions or you want to talk about what was said in today's episode, you can message me on Instagram at Scorpio and Sage. You can also email me at scorpioandsage at gmail.com. And I'll get back to you. We can chat. We can talk about life. You know, and I just, again, I can't say thank you enough for holding space for me. So I hope you have a great rest of the day, evening, wherever you are. I hope you know how much you are loved and lovable and worthy of an abundant, beautiful life. Namaste, friends.